Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. I've, I've got nothing. I've got nothing, guys. What do we do here? Well, let's let's just move along. Let's, I don't let's, even know what's going on. Yeah. Let's, we'll try it. That's Travis the Beard. I got nothing, guys. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... Hey, uh, what kind of what kind of car does Jesus drive? He doesn't drive, Travis. That's silly. A Chrysler. Uh, oh, okay. Jesus Chrysler. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am John, human trade calculator, human encyclopedia, human monkey wrench, Hogue, and this is a super flex super show. Halfway through the fantasy season, we are shaking things up. We're still preparing for the Week 8 matchups, but we're hitting the nitros as we green and yellow light guys at each position with speed and precision so we can finally make room for trades and questions from you, our amazing listeners. So let's jump right in. First up, let's go position by position. Get our green light players, our yellow light players, our starts of the week, some sneaky starts if you're in a pinch, and the players who could let you down this week. So let's start with the quarterbacks and Travis Abeard. All right, so I've got the quarterbacks this week, and for the green lights, we've got Kirk Cousins, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Joe Flacco, whoa, whoa. Jared Goff. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. The yellow lights I split up into two different categories. I got solid fantasy quarterbacks with bad matchups. That's why they're yellow. And then I've got iffy fantasy quarterbacks with good matchups. So they're yellow the other way. So the solid quarterbacks with bad matchups this week, we got Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, probably starting all those guys anyways. The iffy, what? Tom Brady. (laughs) Whoa. What what about him? (laughs) Well, you I like mean, him? no, no, I, I, I like James him. doesn't I like just, Tom Brady. I, I, I like the goat. I just it's shocking that he's yellow or, you know, I understand he's got a tough matchup, but they've scored 38 points the last four games, at least 48 points the last four games. That's crazy that he's not yeah, a start, but they, but, can, but they can beat Buffalo with seven points. Yeah, so. but I don't know that that's Bill Belichick's style. No, he but can, to beat Buffalo with Barner, 70 points. Kenyon Barner is going to get 47 carries. <laughs> so that's true. That could happen. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So the iffy, iffy fantasy quarterbacks in good matchups, we have Baker Mayfield, who is Whoa. the real goat, but he's he's iffy for fantasy so far. Oh. He's in a, he's in a good spot. He's startable. He's Josh Rosen. Group. Okay. Can someone <laughs> mute? Can you mute James? I don't for have me, John? I don't have that authority My tonight. My goodness. So. <laughs> it's been a long time since we recorded at night. I think James is getting a little feisty. I'm awake. I'm yeah. awake enough to argue. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? All right, we're in for a good show. Uh we got Baker Mayfield. He's on there. He's awesome. Uh Josh Rosen is on here. I don't want to start Josh Rosen uh at all, but he's 
startable, I guess. He's in a decent spot. Blake Bortles, Eli Manning, Mitch Trubisky, Derek Carr. They're all, yeah, that's a gross list, but they're in good spots. So I guess, you know, in Superflex, those guys are startable. The guys I'm completely straying away from this week are Josh Allen and C.J. Beathard. Josh Allen, I'm never – oh, I'm sorry. He's out, huh? Never mind. Yeah, he won't play. Uh, But his – Whoever the hell is not worth your time. Even when the starter's back, though, I'm never putting Josh Allen in a lineup. And then C.J. Beathard is just in a bad spot, and he's not good enough to overcome that. So that's it for that. The start of the week, I actually have two. Uh, It's Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston against each other on Sunday. Um, Andy Dalton failed us pretty miserably last week on the road in a primetime matchup against the Saints when he was supposed to have a good game. Jameis Winston ended up rushing for 55 yards and a touchdown to save his fantasy day. Uh, but that was last week. This week, both of these guys are in fantastic spots against each other's defenses. Um, the Buccaneers, as I'm sure everyone knows at this point, are the worst defense against the pass in the league. They're giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks on the season. They're the 32nd ranked DVOA defense against the pass. Um, so, Andy Dalton is an obvious start here. Cincinnati is fifth against the pass. And Jameis Winston, I mean, he's just airing it out. He just didn't throw any touchdowns last week. He still finished as a top 12 guy with his rushing, though. So great matchups on paper for both uh, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. Uh, The over-under in that game is also 54 points. So expected to be a little bit of a shootout there. The sneaky start this week is Case Keenum. I don't want to start Case Keenum, but he has to be talked about here because he's facing the Chiefs, who have been playing better defensively and who just held Andy Dalton to his worst game of the season. But I think Mm. that that is, you know, one game and we've seen six games of, you know, everybody putting up big fantasy days against Kansas City. So I think Case Keenum Mm. is a decent start. Uh, John, I thought you muted James. What's going on here? I muted He's, myself I so that <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that was kind of the best I could do. And I thought you'd still appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I normally would, but James is just, I don't, he's getting weird noises. I don't really know. All right. Anyways. So quarterback busts. I've ha- I have two, um, like to get your thoughts on, well, I know I, let me rephrase. I would like to not get your thoughts, but I know you're going to have some. John, specifically on Big Ben at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big Ben has had good games and bad games on the road and at home this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, In week four, he was at home against Baltimore. He uh, was QB 20 that week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baltimore, a divisional opponent with a good defense. This week he is at home, but he's he's playing Cleveland, who is a divisional opponent with a good defense. The Browns... James, shut up. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> My fault. This is very interesting. The Browns have allowed the eight fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. They are the number one ranked DVOA defense against the pass, according to Football Outsiders. So don't listen to John and his advice that says blindly start <sighs> Big Ben whenever he's at home because he's in a he's in a bad spot this week. I think Big Ben is a sit. And Matthew Stafford. Oh, no. Uh, Matthew Stafford is playing the Seahawks. The Lions have been a more balanced offense the last two weeks with the emergence of Kerryon Johnson and a successful run game. Matthew Stafford passed the ball 22 times last week, guys. That is the fewest amount of pass attempts he's had in a game in his nine and a half year career. Really? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's he he threw the ball 15 times in week one of 2010, but he also got hurt that game. So that doesn't count. 22 times his lowest pass attempts in a game in his his entire career. So I thought that was pretty nuts. Um, But yeah, so since they've got the the running game going here uh, and they also happen to win both of those games in which they were more balanced and Matthew Stafford threw for 22 and 26 pass attempts. So I just I don't think that he's going to throw a ton. And on top of that, the Seahawks have allowed the fewest fantasy points in the league to opposing quarterbacks and their bottom half against the run. So I think that this sets up to be another good game for carry on Johnson. And I think it's going to be another subpar fantasy day for Matthew Stafford. 
So that's the quarterback breakdown. What do you guys think? I mean, I think it's fair to call these guys possible busts, but I'm not afraid of Big Ben at all. And it, I mean, a big part of that I know, is because, because you're he's a blind troll who look at just his, starts look him at, at his home. splits, man. Look at him. Plus, what about week four against Baltimore? Baltimore is the best defense in the league right now. There's no way that we can compete, that we can compare Cleveland to Baltimore. really, really good. Yeah, but they're not Baltimore. Trust me, Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore is the best defense in the NFL. That's just all there is to that. But anyways, wow. yeah, wow. Ben at home. Plus, I mean, every single game <laughs> that the Browns play ends up in overtime. You're going to get an extra quarter from Ben. I mean, that's oh, got to be on. worth something. <laughs> okay, you can't plan for that part, but <laughs> you, you could definitely hope for that and legitimately get it. I, I love the Matthew Stafford bust alert call. Travis, you did your homework there with with the pass attempts from last week. I think this is how Matt Patricia wants to play. He wants to play you know, that run-heavy style of offense. He wants to work off a of play action. He wants to keep the ball on the ground. He's got two big backs. Carryon Johnson finally was unleashed. I mean, they they drafted Frank Gregg now for a reason. He's a run-blocking, road-grading type of lineman. And I, I feel like that's the game that he wants to play. And you're right, this matchup plays right into it. So um, I, I, I could see Matthew Stafford struggling this week. And uh, people are probably expecting a bounce-back week from him. So I think kudos to you on that. Um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I already expect hey, thanks, to get man. a bunch of flack on this. You're welcome, <laughs> buddy. You're welcome. I already expect that I'm going to get a bunch of flack on this, but I am going to say, all right, you guys ready for this? Because it's going to be like monumental. Oh, my God. I, I hate, hope I started hate, Will Fuller. I'm sorry. The hate is going to get flung around here in my my direction pretty heavily. Okay, so I'm going to say that Derek Anderson is going to be a top 15 quarterback this week. and. Gross. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that because I think Buffalo is going to be passing all game. I expect a better performance out of Derek Anderson. Look, he's played in this offense previously. He's thrown to Calvin Benjamin previously. Uh, I know Buffalo isn't a very good team, but they should have to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. Just based on sheer volume, sheer volume and garbage time, I think Derek Anderson becomes a useful fantasy play. So if I have him in a super flex league, I'm, I'm starting him. That's really disgusting. I think that uh, Thanks, you, need to be, you need to be muted again. I know. I'm sorry. I feel bad because you were just complimenting me. Yeah. But that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty gross. No, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Hey, Travis. do you um, – real quick, James, how many quarterbacks are there in the NFL? How many teams are there in the NFL? How many starting quarterbacks? How many starting quarterbacks? Like uh-huh. in a full week? No bye on week? Any, Is that what you're asking? On any, any given there's, week. There's, there's yeah. 32 teams, so there'd be 32 starting quarterbacks. Guess guess where Derek Anderson guess where, <laughs> guess where Derek Anderson finished last week? I don't <laughs> below know. 32. I bet quarterback 36. That was, last week. that was last week. All right, was I, I, that was last week. 36. That was last week, Travis. How was came how in on a there... short week? Plus, not uh, all 32 behind, played last week. He finished behind Jacoby Brissett. Joe Webb, Chase Daniel, Sean Mannion, Taysom Hill, uh, Jeff Driscoll, Lamar Jackson, just to name a few. Yeah, those well, they all finished. All those, all those quarterbacks you mentioned finished ahead of Aaron Rodgers last week too, Travis. Are you going to start them over Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> those are all huh? quarterbacks that huh? played all right, last that's enough. That's enough of that. All right. All right, so let's, can we move on to the running backs, guys? Because the quarterback, I'm done with the quarterbacks. Let's move on. Tra- Travis had his time. Can I get to my running backs here? Because I'm excited to break down the running back position. Yeah, anything to not talk about Derek Anderson anymore. (laughs) All right, so let's go to the running backs so that way we can start talking about some of these awesome running backs that I have on my list here. Um, First off, I'm going to go down. I mean gross. Let me go down my green lights here, and then you can tell me how gross these names are. Uh, Kareem Hunt, Joe Mixon. Saquon Barkley, Adrian Peterson is getting a green light from me this week. Chris Carson, on Johnson, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and Sony Michelle. Now that's assuming he plays. We're recording this on Thursday. The Patriots don't play till Monday. I'm not sure if if what Sony Michelle's 
availability is going to be. But assuming he plays, he gets the green light. Um, I don't think he does. Well, and, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then it 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 becomes a uh, a little bit more of a uh, you know you, you could probably move James White up there, but I I don't know who really takes on a greater role um, because Sony Michelle's kind of that between the tackles guy that they're pounding in there and and using more on running plays. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, but but if he does play, which um, right now I know that they said that he they the last I heard they expect him to be practicing uh, ahead of Monday's game as long as he's he's out of that protocol. So we'll see. Um, uh, the yellow light guys, and I'm I'm just gonna break down these guys as yellow lights, and uh, we can get further into them. If if anybody has any questions, you can hit me up on Twitter or hit up the uh, the show uh, at Superflex Show. Um, and you can uh, you can hit us up and ask any questions as far as some of these yellow lights go. If they're uh, you're considering two or three of these guys, which guy um, I would play ahead or we would play uh, ahead of the other. So uh, I'm going to include both Denver running backs, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Again, I'm, I'm just going to say a blanket statement. Assuming all these guys play, it's Thursday. We have really no idea what their availability is going to be yet. Um, so um, Philip Lindsay, uh, Royce Freeman. Ronald Jones is my yellow light, who's also a very sneaky play. Isaiah Crowell, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Alex Collins, Christian McCaffrey, Marlon Mack, uh, Chris Thompson, Doug Martin, James White, LaShawn McCoy, uh, <laughs> Peyton Barber, Alvin Kamara, and the, the kind, I, I kind of want to talk about Mozart a little bit, guys. What do you guys think, uh, uh, real quick, with those San Francisco running backs, where do you think they stand? I mean, do you think... I, I have a hard time reading this backfield. Is Bereda, if if healthy, is does he just assume that 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 work workhorse role, um, or you know what what happens here um, in San Francisco? Do you guys have any thoughts? Are you talking about Raheem Mostert? Yes, I am, and well, him and Matt Bereda. I'm wondering what. I, I mean, Bereda's been a little knocked up. You know, he's he's been a little a little. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't been a hundred percent. He's pregnant. Well, he he might be. I don't know. You have to ask him. But he he's been he's been a little bit. Uh, you know, he's he's injured, Travis. He's not a hundred percent. He's right? knocked up. Well, I, I there's there's several ways you can get you can get. Knocked Congratulations, up. little little baby Raheem. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, <laughs> hey, at least I'm not just making you... sounds while you talk. <laughs> I would, All right. So... I would prefer that at this point, Travis. <laughs> I would prefer. It. But uh, what what do you guys take on that San Francisco running back situation? I I can't get a grip on if any of these guys are startable. What's going to happen? What roles these guys are going to play moving forward? Can you guys shed any light on this, or what what your guys' thoughts are? Yeah, I mean, so my guess here is it is going to be that Matt Breda does not play, and man, Raheem Mostert looked good. It, that's part of why I think that Matt Breda, why you don't have to rush him back out there. Because Raheem Moster looks to me like the type of guy who can who can be your lead back. Kind of what they've been looking for since Jarek McKinnon went down. Matt mm-hmm. Breda has looked good at times, but I mean he's still he's really just kind of a change of pace type of guy. That's what he really should be. Raheem Moster looks to me like a feature back, the type of guy that you can put in there as your workhorse. So I I really like the Raheem Moster call this week. I think that he's uh He's in for a huge game against a defense that has no interest in stopping the run. Okay, well, let me let me put it this way because this is kind of my my uh, the, the question I want answered here. Um, would you still feel as strongly about starting Mostert if Bereda does play? If he does suit up, do you feel confident in playing him this week and and his role? Yes. Moving forward, you do. Okay. Yes, what about I you, do. Travis? How do you feel about it? I would say no, um, no, but, you know, Breda misses time every game, it seems like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even if he suits up, that doesn't mean he's going to play the whole game. So, I mean, I could still see a situation in which Mostert has a good game, even if Breda starts, but I, I wouldn't feel as comfortable starting him, no. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That's uh, It's interesting because I'm having trouble reading this backfield and I'm kind of getting a little bit of – of uh of a different vibe from you guys um so that that makes me feel like maybe everyone's kind of kind of having a tough time reading it at this point at least i think the one thing we do know is that alfred morris is not the answer 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I would agree with that. What about you, John? Alfred Morris? Oh, yeah. yeah, no thanks yeah. on Morris. Yeah. I think he's okay. still going to get carries, but he's clearly, I mean, the other two guys are clearly the upside fantasy options. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So real quick, I'm just going to address uh, two of these guys that are on my yellow lights. And one of them I'm going to address uh, is Alvin Kamara. And I'm, I'm going to take a second to address him because I know he's a big name. If you drafted Alvin Kamara, you're, you're, you're starting him. And, and I think that's fine. I just would proceed with caution only because Minnesota has been really good against opposing running backs, not just in the running game, but also catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, I think that's kind of what Minnesota has done really well lately. Um, they've adjusted kind of who's covering those backs coming out of the backfield the last couple of weeks. Hasn't been Anthony Barr. They've, uh, they haven't isolated him like they did early in the year, and it's paying dividends. I think that defense has been a lot better because of it. So Elvin Kamar is a guy who I'm not expecting as much uh, this week as I would um, you know, uh, normally. And the other guy I want to address is Christian McCaffrey, because again, if you drafted Christian McCaffrey, you, you know, you, you put a good amount of draft capital in him, and you're probably starting him. And he's been okay this year. The the only problem with him is that they're, they're playing Baltimore. I know they're at home, but man, that Baltimore defense, like John said, that's in my opinion too, that's a top defense in the NFL right now. Um, so I, I would just temper expectations. Uh, McCaffrey might still uh, be a usable fantasy asset. I just wouldn't expect a whole lot out of him. And that's why those guys are on the yellow lights. Normally those guys are, are guys that I would include in the green lights. Uh, I'm going to get to my start of the week here. And this is a little bit chalky, but it's Kareem Hunt. And it's, it's Kareem Hunt because he's, Look, the, the Chiefs finally remembered, oh, yeah, this is this is how we can use Kareem Hunt. We can hand him the ball. We can get him the ball out of the backfield. Um, and I think they're seeing they're seeing their defense play better because they're not on the field as quickly. They're not scoring as quickly. I know it sounds terrible, but the Chiefs' offense, when you're hitting these big plays and these big chunk plays, you're scoring so quickly. The defense has to come right back on the field. They're not getting the rest. They're not getting the time to look over the tape and to make adjustments like they should be. Um, so it, it takes effect. And I think these last couple of games you've seen Kareem Hunt has been a bigger part of the uh, the offense, and the defense has has benefited from it. So Kansas City at home is playing a Denver defense that is not very good at stopping the run. I know, um, you know, last week they they bottled up David Johnson, but I think that that was more to do with Arizona's offense at that point than it was Denver's defense. Denver has given up chunk plays on the ground um, to some of the some of the better rushing offenses in the league, and Kareem Hunt's in line to have just a really, really good game on an offense that scores a, a lot of points. So I, I really like Kareem Hunt. I think he ends up being the running back one. A couple of sneaky starts. Uh, I'm going to start with Ronald Jones. Look, uh, Peyton Barber has has been in, he's been hurt um it looks like he might practice here later in the week and he might be able to give it a go but at, ronald jones is taking the majority of the uh first team snaps i think this is the opportunity for tampa bay to say look we can justify giving ronald jones the you know the, the bulk of the carries here because you know we're we, we can you know we, we this injury you know we can we can give peyton barber a, a limited week here and uh and and we can see what we got with Ronald Jones. Well, look, we just saw this this Cincinnati defense give up a ton of yards on the ground to Kareem Hunt last week. This isn't a great run defense right now, and Tampa Bay can really take advantage of, you know, of, of a suspect run defense uh, by running the ball here and by controlling the clock. They're going to help their horrendous defense by staying on the sideline. So um, Ronald Jones is a sneaky play here. I would consider playing him if you need a bi-week replacement. I don't think he's much more than that. I mean, I'm not saying this guy's going to be a top, you know, 10 running back, but, you know, he might crack the top 24 and be a usable fantasy asset. The other guy is Isaiah Crowell. And the reason why I'm a little higher on Isaiah Crowell this week is because with Bilal Powell out, it looks like Crowell is going to be the main guy there. So I expect to see him get the majority of the carries there. Um, they're playing a tough defense against the Chicago Bears. But, um, you know, uh, like we saw last week, you know, the Bears defense, while it's it's still a good defense uh, defensive unit against New England, they gave up 38 points. They were at home. Um, so, I mean, this defense can be scored upon. Uh, the rushing team didn't really get it done. But, again, Sony Michelle left that game with an injury, and they really didn't. I mean, Kenyon Barner, James White, that really wasn't their game. Uh, but James White made his presence felt out of the backfield. Um, you know, he had uh, eight grabs for 57 yards and two touchdowns. So the running back still performed pretty well, and I think this could be an Isaiah Crowell game 
where he has a uh, a decent stat line and is surprisingly useful in a, in a tough matchup. My bust alert, I'm going to give you a couple guys. First off is going to be Mark Ingram. Look, uh, the Saints are playing the Vikings. Again, the Vikings rush defense has been fantastic, especially against backs that are one-dimensional. Mark Ingram can catch the ball out of the backfield, but Elvin Kamara excels in that. I don't expect to see uh, Mark Ingram used in that role a lot in this game. I, I would say that this is probably a week where I'd look to bench Mark Ingram. Uh, the the other guy is Latavius Murray, and look, Latavius has been pretty good with Delvin Cook sidelined, and looks like uh, Cook is going to miss this one too. Latavius Murray is a guy who I am not playing against the Saints, and look, the Saints defense hasn't been great, but they have really quietly been very good against opposing running backs. I mean, last week uh, against Baltimore, they held Alex Collins to 11 carries for 38 yards. Um, Willie Sneed had one rush for 13 yards, and no one else was in double digits. Um, even if you go back, uh, you know, if you want to go back further than that before their bye week in week six, you can go back to when they played Washington, and you can see, you know, Chris Thomas, uh, Chris Thompson was their leading care, uh, rusher that game, eight carries for 17 yards. So the Saints have really been good against the run. I am thinking that Latavius Murray is uh, is not going to fare very well in a tough matchup. So I would uh, I would temper my expectations. I would sit Latavius Murray if you can this week, guys. Um, so that's that's it for my running backs. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know why you put Ronald Jones on your list and then you went and you put a little throw up emoji next to his name. That's not very nice, James. <laughs> I um I was saying how sick everyone's going to be <laughs> when they when they see Ronald Jones score 25 points against them nice. in my starting nice lineup. Yeah, yeah, I all think those, that... Gag on all those fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, all those receptions. I, I think that I think that Peyton Barber sits, and I think that Ronald Jones still has a bad game. But I like everything else you talked about. Of course you comment on Ronald Jones. Why wouldn't you comment on Ronald Jones? Your hatred of him has been just next level, Travis. Next, I don't know. Is there? John, I think you, you think meant to player? say. I think you meant to say justified. I think you meant to say the hatred <laughs> on him has been justified. No, no, my hatred on Royce Freeman has been justified. John, <laughs> is there another player that you can think of that Travis just hates for no reason more than Ronald Jones? I can't think Man. of one. Yeah, I know. Jack and... Doyle. No. Jack Doyle's close. Yeah, that's no, that's close. Maybe. I don't hate Jack Doyle. I don't hate any of these guys, but here's the thing, though. Jack Ronald Jack Jones Doyle, like you can you can make an assumption on Jack Doyle because you you've go. seen him play. Derrick Henry, oh, that's that's pretty good too. That's true. Henry, Derrick Henry is just he's bad at football. So so Ronald Ronald Jones though is definitely the the rookie that that Travis hates, right? I mean he's oh for sure, no doubt. He's okay. All right, fair enough. For no good reason. All right, John, you're on the, the receivers here. I'm definitely looking forward to these. <laughs> All right, on to the wide receivers. Here's some green lights for you. A.J. Green, Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Cooks, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Golden Tate, Robert Woods, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, Geronimo Allison, Sterling Shepard, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Julian Edelman, Tyreek Hill, and Michael Crabtree. All of those guys are must starts this week. Uh, even the ones that you raised your eyebrows at, yeah, those are must start guys this week. Uh, some some <laughs> some yellow lights for you in bad matchups. Um, Antonio Brown is actually going to get a yellow light for me. I mean, you're not benching him, but I don't like the matchup for him uh, against Denzel Ward. Jarvis Landry also gets a pretty bad matchup as he gets shadowed by Joe Hayden. Alshon Jeffrey, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, Josh Gordon, John Brown, Devin Funches, Marquise Goodwin, and Christian Kirk all draw the shutdown cornerback um, on uh, on defenses with exceptional shutdown corners. And then uh, some guys who are just going to cannibal each other, in my opinion. Ty Taylor Gabriel and Allen Robinson both get yellow lights as they split the work in Chicago. Demaryius Thomas and Cortland Sutton play the exact same role, and they're getting the exact same number of snaps. Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and Adam Humphreys um, all, uh, all split targets. Traquan Smith and Cameron Meredith um, also uh, very likely 
cannibalize one another. And then for other reasons, guys that are getting yellow lights, Marvin Jones just isn't involved enough. Martavis Bryant still needs to find his his role within that Raiders offense. Um, Larry Fitzgerald also just just not involved yet enough uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Antonio Callaway um, needs to get the drops under control before uh, he's really going to earn Baker Mayfield's trust. And Nelson Aguilar, um, who has been virtually phased out of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. But we'll still give him a yellow light in a good matchup. My start of the week, Brandon Cooks. Now, I'm not saying that, that you start Brandon Cooks over any of those other green light guys. I'm not saying that I think Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver one overall this week, although I think there's a good chance that he is. Um, but he, this is a guy that you normally view as a high-end wide receiver too. He bumped, he jumps all the way into the top five for me. Find a way to get him in your lineup, even if you are pretty stacked at wide receiver, because this is going to be a shootout between the Rams and the Packers, and Brandon Cooks plays the exact same role as Marquise Goodwin, who just absolutely torched that Packers secondary uh, two weeks ago. My sneaky start of the week is Michael Crabtree. John Brown likely gets shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore, who does shadow the top wide receiver. And uh, the team leader in targets is actually Michael Crabtree. And I think that he's going to see a combination of Ken Crawley and Eli Apple. His Apple gets limited work in his first game with the Saints. I think there's a much better opportunity for Michael Crabtree against the worst defense in the NFL against wide receivers. Uh, I think that uh, the number one guy can get shut down by Lattimore and leave a lot of work for guys like Michael Crabtree. And actually, Willie Sneed might be worth a, a, a desperation start as well. And at bust alert, Josh Gordon. This is So this is the number three defense against wide receivers, the third best defense against wide receivers. And they're even better against wide receiver ones because Tredavious White is shutting guys down the Patriots are more than willing to fade their top outside wide receiver, especially if that's the strength of the opposing defense. Gronk returns. Edelman is still fairly healthy. James White has become a top receiving option out of the backfield. And they can run on the 21st ranked defense against running backs. The Patriots take what you give them, and Buffalo is not going to give Josh Gordon any room to work. Everyone on the Pats offense is, gets green lights, but Gordon who could let you down in a big way if you're expecting another 100-yard performance. Any issues with that? No. With oh, any God, where, where to begin? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Josh Gordon as a bust is is always a good thing in my eyes just because I, I don't like him overall as far as his, his season arc goes. But, um, yeah, no, I think you make a good point. Tredavious White is – a forgotten part of that Buffalo defense, mainly because that Buffalo team is so bad, but he, he is good. He's a good player. He's a shutdown guy and he's a guy that can stay with Josh Gordon. Um, I like the Brandon cooks call. I definitely think that last week and this week are going to be the weeks to use him. Um, he's got a plus matchup and that might be a game where he has to score a bunch, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers coming off a bye, and, you know, there's a chance that that, that becomes a shootout. So I, I like that a lot too. Um, I will say I, uh, I, I, I don't know that I, I think Jarvis Landry is a green white. Um, and I know, you know, it's, it's against Joe Hayden. It, it's kind of a tough matchup, but boy, Pittsburgh has not been great against opposing wide receivers this year. Uh, and I think Jarvis Landry might benefit uh, pr pretty greatly from it. At, at least let's look at, I mean, week one, I know it was week one. So it was a little bit ago, but week one, when these two teams played to a draw, um, if you look at the, kind of kind of the statistics and what happened in that game you see Jarvis Landry seven grabs for 106 yards on 15 targets so um, things have changed there in Cleveland obviously there's a new quarterback but I, I still think that uh, that he he could be in line for a really good game uh, against Pittsburgh so I think that would be one of the only exceptions I would probably take to this wide receiver list oh yeah and Jordy Nelson being a green light man <laughs> you're gonna have to really sell me on that one because I just it's it's Jordy yeah, yeah that's gross that's uh <laughs> yeah that's the the number one uh 
the number one option in that in that offense now now that Amari Cooper's gone. So just on volume well, alone. I don't know. It, Buffalo's got a number one option, right? Do they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe not. All right, good good point. Good point. All right, the tight end position, and we're back to Travis. Tight ends stink, so we'll 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 blow through this pretty quick. Uh, green lights this week: C.J. Uzoma, David Njoku, O.J. Howard, Benjamin Watson, Jimmy Graham, Jared Cook, Travis Kelsey, Vance McDonald, Gronk, Ebron, George Kittle. Uh, yellow lights this week: Ricky Seals Jones, just because. Eh. Uh, Trey Burton is a yellow light. He wasn't doing much. He wasn't very involved other than catching shovel pass touchdowns before last week. And then he came out and had a huge game, 11 targets last week. So I don't know which Trey Burton we're going to get. I don't know if that's his new involvement, his new role, or if that was just game script. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident throwing Trey Burton out there. Uh, Greg Olson gets a yellow light in this matchup and Jordan Reed gets a yellow light. He just, he's averaged five targets a game the last three weeks and he's in a tough matchup. Zach Ertz, I put on the yellow light list, but I mean, who are we kidding? It's Zach Ertz. You're not benching him. Uh, it is a bad matchup on paper though for Zach Ertz. My start of the week this week is Jared Cook. Uh, I would imagine that some people have soured on Jared Cook after two bad weeks in a row before the week seven bye. That's completely understandable. I even saw him dropped in a couple leagues. Um, he hasn't had a good say. He hasn't. He hasn't had a good game since week four. So that's why I put him on here. I think that some people um, would be hesitant to roll Jared Cook out there, but I think that this is the week that he gets back on track. The Raiders are facing the Colts. The Colts have allowed the 11th most points to opposing tight ends on the season, but they've allowed an average of 68.9 yards per game when you adjust for opponent and schedule, which is eighth most in the league. Even more importantly, though, the Raiders need him. I mean, they just traded off, traded away Amari Cooper, so they are going to need Jared Cook to step up as a major part of their passing game. Uh, and this game has a 50-point over-under despite Oakland being terrible. So I think that Jared Cook is in a good spot, and he's going to have another big game. Uh, completely staying away from the likes of the Charles Clays and, uh, you know, all those guys down there. Nick Vanette, I'm not touching. Evan Ingram, I think, is a, a sit this week. You guys know how I feel about Evan Ingram. Sneaky start this week, I have Mark Andrews. Um, and I put, I guess right next to his name, because it's really just, I wanted to highlight the, the Baltimore tight end matchup is fantastic. But again, we just don't know. It's, you know, four guys there that have been rotating through and Aiden Hurst I, I, out. it could be, man, it could be, but he just hasn't, they haven't been getting him any sort of decent volume at all. And Mark Andrews is the only tight end on the Ravens that has a touchdown catch this season, and he has two. So that's the only reason I, I put him on here. Um, you know, if you need a dart throw guy, there is going to be a Baltimore tight end this week that should have a decent game. Uh, Jeff Hireman, Broncos, is a deep, deep play, as is Chris Herndon on the Jets. Those guys are both in good matchups. The bust alert for me this week is Kyle Rudolph. Um, Kyle Rudolph just isn't needed in that offense. He's not in, he's not an integral part of that passing game. He's an ancillary weapon there and he's scored fewer than 10 PPR points three weeks in a row. So I'm not sure how many people are starting him still, but he's still 93% owned in redraft leagues. And at first glance, you look at the saints and you think, Oh, high scoring game, you know, Kyle Rudolph should be a good start, but they've actually allowed the fewest, um, Opponent adjusted yards per game to opposing tight ends on the season, just 36.2 yards per game. And they've allowed the third fewest fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So he's not in a good spot. And he's just, I mean, like I said, he's an ancillary piece of that offense. So I don't think that you, they're not going to feed him unless it's an optimal matchup. And and it's not. So I think Kyle Rudolph is going to bust for us once again. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be totally honest with you, Travis. I I love this tight end list. I really do. I love Evan Ingram being a hands-off guy. You know that made me smile a little bit. Uh, Chris <laughs> Herndon as a sneaky snart start uh, makes me makes me really happy to hear because 
I, I, I've really been buying a lot of, of Chris Herndon shares for next to nothing off the waiver wire. The only guy that I'll take a little bit of offense with is just, just to be nitpicky. Cause you know, I can't tell you you're right on everything. Um, is Greg Olson. I, I think he's a green white. I really do. I know he's got a tough matchup against Baltimore, but if you look, Baltimore has struggled with the tight end. I mean, that's the one position that it seems like opposing teams target against Baltimore. Greg Olson starting to get those red zone looks again. And so I think he is a green white. I think I'd feel pretty comfortable starting him in that matchup. Um, you know, they are at home too. So I, I, I think, I think Greg Olson's a guy who I could start with some confidence here. So that would be my only, the only guy I think I would move up to my green light. But other than that, man, this, this list is really solid. You know, this is the reason I do this show just for the, the pats on the back. <laughs> this is the reason why I don't want to do this show. Because <laughs> I am giving him pats on I the back. I accidentally do that sometimes. Wait, so do you both hate Evan Ingram? Is that what I'm hearing? I just think he's overhyped. Yeah. Yes, agreed. I think I think his his rookie season was a large uh, a large majority of his production just stemmed from there literally being no one else healthy to throw to. Um, with Odell Beckham missing a bunch of time, Sterling Shepard missed a bunch of time, and he just got a, an insane amount of volume. I mean, he's a good he's a good player. He's athletic, but you know when Shepard and Beckham are both healthy, he's just not he's not involved enough. And I just think that he. The, just the the hype went so nuts that I just had to go the opposite way on it. Really, yeah. You just gotta you gotta pour some cold water on on insane hype sometimes. All right, let's finish off this episode, this half of the of the week with some listener questions. Uh, these were we were either tagged or DM'd, um, and uh, you can get to any one of us. So. James is at underscore James the Brain. Travis is at Travis NFL. I'm at Superflex Dude. And of course, the show itself at Superflex Show. Any one of those, hit us up with a DM. You can tag us in the trade polls, and we're going to start analyzing them way more on the podcast uh, so that we can start to apply some of this stuff in season. So, this one's from our friend Robbie McPhee on Twitter, and he tagged the Superflex Show account. Uh, this is a 12-team Superflex half PPR. Cam Newton or Chris Carson, Dante Pettis, a 2019 first and a 2020 first. And by the way, right at the moment, this poll is split right down the middle almost. Yeah, I'll go and start. I um, I think I would take Cam on this. And look, the compensation on the other side is pretty, it's pretty right on. I mean, a 2019 and a 2020 first. It does say they're weight firsts. I don't know how how you would know the 2020 is a weight first already, but I, I'm assuming that those that's accurate. And you know Dante Pettis and Chris Carson, you both are players that I like. I, I'm really high on Dante Pettis. He's a young playmaker that I like. But boy, if I can get Cam Newton in a super flex league, a uh, guy who I'm high on, just consistently is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You can just kind of plug him in your lineup and not really worry about it too much. He can make plays with his legs, with his feet as long as well as his arm. Um, I'm, I'm all about grabbing Cam Newton in this, in this format here, a super flex league, 12 teamer. So I would side with the Cam Newton side. I think, uh, what do you think, Travis? Yeah, man. I honestly, I think I would go with the other side. And it it really doesn't have much to do with Chris Carson or Dante Pettis. Um, what you just want? <laughs> you want draft picks? So this well, feels like so the offseason all over is, again. The, oh, the, the Cam those Newton two hate. firsts, those two firsts are the most valuable part of that other side of that trade. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know about that. I'll take Dante Pettis for a twenty twenty first. first. For 2020 first, no, no way. You're insane. A late, a late you're insane. 2020 first. Any 20, yeah, I'll take any 2021st. I'll take Dante Pettis. You're insane. Because the guy that you're gonna get in that 2020 draft by then, Dante Pettis is gonna be well into his breakout. Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, and maybe I'll draft a rookie. <laughs> or or maybe he's done anything. nothing. Yeah, but again, maybe I draft a rookie. He was a third-round rookie pick this season. Yeah. Okay. Sure. (laughs) All right. Um, I would definitely take a first for Dante Pettis. So if we have if we have that in any league, we should hook it up. A twenty twenty first. Yeah. Yep. Uh, You're crazy. 
Okay. Well, I don't know why we're doing this. We should I have just... Pettis in one league. I think I'll send you an offer and you give me a 2021st and we'll, we'll call it a deal. Okay. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just – it's it's really close in value. Obviously, Cam Newton yeah. is extremely valuable in Superflex. Uh, I mean, he's one of the few guys that is going to be productive every year for the most part, and he's not going to lose his job. I mean, you can't really get much better than that. But I just think I think the compensation on the other side is is enough. I mean, it's really close, and it honestly is one of those trades where it could benefit both teams pretty equally. Uh, but if I had to choose, I would probably I would probably be willing to sell Cam for for that package. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're right about the value of it. Like that's a it's a it is a balanced trade, and I'm sure that it went through a calculator and matched up pretty well. My only thing is, if you're going to give up a quarterback in superflex, you either have to be pretty deep at the position, or you have to get back a quarterback. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get back anyone near Cam Newton with, you know, two picks and and whatever else. But I mean, you've got to get you've got to get a quarterback in return, you know, so maybe a lower tier type of guy, maybe like an Andy Dalton or something or Joe Flacco. Or you have to to me, you have to overpay for Cam Newton. Just making it balance out doesn't doesn't work for me so i'm going to stick with cam newton um just because in super flex i mean i i personally would need to get back a quarterback in return and part of the issue there is now you're forcing you know you're 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 if it forces your hand with that 2019 pick now you have to use that on a quarterback to replace cam newton so you know the pick kind of loses some value when you think in terms of well, now, I mean, I, I don't really have the option to take any another position. You know, now I have to start over at I mean, that's not necessarily true. You can obtain another quarterback a different way. You can trade for one. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I get but... what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And the, I will 100% agree that the fact that you're not getting a quarterback back makes that deal a lot harder to accept. Yeah. Next one. This one uh, was from my buddy Lynx Rufus Bobcat thirty three. That's a hell of a uh, of a name there. Link, by the way, wait, wait, Lynx Rufus, Rufus Bobcat thirty three. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if he has a. I wonder if he has thirty three pet bobcats, and half of them are named Lynx, and half <laughs> of them are named Rufus. Huh. That's probably what it. That's probably what it is, right? It must be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only thing that makes logical sense. <laughs> yeah. So he DM'd me at Superflex Dude, and uh, we've actually kind of been talking through a rebuild for his uh, his PPR Dynasty team. Uh, but the one that he's working on most recently, he's asking, do I trade Nick Chubb and Kenyon Drake and get back Juju Smith-Schuster? Yes. Yes, you do. I would give up Nick Chubb and Kenyon Drake for Juju Smith-Schuster, I think. Juju Smith-Schuster for me is a top 10 um, fantasy wide receiver um, in Dynasty moving forward. Uh, I, I don't really know what Nick Chubb is. I think he's he's getting an opportunity now, and we're going to find out, and I really like his talent. But I, I, I don't like Kenyon Drake very much. I mean, this guy is splitting carries with Frank Gore. And I'm I'm not I'm not interested in the, you know I I would give him up um, as a throw-in pretty much to make this deal happen, and uh, I I just I have much more confidence in Juju Smith Schuster uh, than than Chubb just because I've seen it with Juju Smith Schuster I know how good he can be I know how good he is he's been good this year again um, I have a whole lot less questions about him and he plays wide receiver which is a position that I know John is probably licking his chops waiting to make this point that, uh, you know, he plays wide receiver. He's going to be around for 10, 12, 14 more years, whereas Nick Chubb will probably be fantasy relevant for five. He could be eight. Do you remember Juju Smith-Schuster was... Oh, you guys are nuts. Juju Smith-Schuster was... Yeah, he's 22 years old. You're going to tell me he can't play until he's 36? You're going to project a Steve Smith career arc? I'm not not putting it past him. No, I said 10, 12 to 14 more. I don't think it's out of the question. How old is Larry Fitzgerald? 33. 
he's 33 already, and I don't think he's retiring anytime soon. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that that's possible. He could play for another 14 years, and I don't think that's out of the question at all. But either way— Yeah, let's um, just compare him to a Hall of Fame wide receiver right off the bat. Let's do that. uh, I— did I did I make that comparison? I don't yeah, think. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald. I think, I think you were the one that said Steve Smith, right? I was. Like, I, I, was I don't I think was I brought up anybody you. until you brought up Steve Smith. So I was I'm accusing just saying, you with anyways, Steve Smith, and anyways, then you brought up another Hall of Famer. And anyways, is Larry Fitzgerald's in the Hall of Fame? Shoot, oh, yeah. I must have missed that, man. Oh yeah. Where, where, Oh man, that's why you're trying been, to say. That's why he hasn't been doing anything James. on the field for the for the Cardinals. That makes sense. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald is 35, by the way. He turned 35 before the season even started. Oh, oh, so he's he's real close to that 36 mark. Anyways, um, no, I would definitely take Juju on this on this uh, this trade. I, I honestly, it's not even that all that close for me. Um, so I'm I'm interested to kind of hear what you guys think. Yeah, it's definitely juju for me. So, and I mean, I feel like you pretty much covered it all. So, yeah. It is closer for me than it is for you guys, but it's it's juju by a hair. No. If that if that Drake piece was just a little bit better, I, I would really strongly consider it. I actually like Drake uh, as as a talent, but oh, he's... so now he's a Hall of Famer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, you guys know I love Nick Chubb, man. Yeah. I do too. I do too. I, and I'm getting there with him for sure. And I will say this. There's a good chance that by the end of this season, Nick Chubb's value, it makes makes this, you know, a lot closer than it is right now. I mean, I just, I, I think that Juju is also going to gain value throughout the rest of the season. So that's why I'm okay with it. But yeah, I, Nick yeah, Chubb might be a league a league winner this year. And that's going to make that his value go up quite a bit. That's been kind of the tough part um, working through this rebuild with him is the fact that Nick Chubb right now, I mean, it's possible that he's at his max value. It's also possible that we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, a major factor here for taking Juju is the fact that it's a rebuild team. And if you don't have, a, if you don't have the need for, for that Nick Chubb production right now, then then you know that makes him less less attractive yeah exactly yeah okay here's another one and this one james was tagged in this is from greg jerois jerohas and it's a nailed it (laughs) one of those two was probably still not right uh it's a (laughs) dynasty super flex ppr sam darnold marlon mack and a 2019 second or Ronald Jones, Marcus Mariota, and a 2019 third. Not yeah, even this, close. Not even dude, close. Really, it's see the this Sam one, Darnold side. Wow. Okay. See, this one was close for me because I, I, as far as the quarterbacks go, I think at this point I would rather have Sam Darnold. Um, Ouch. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what made it to me like you know really interesting, just because I I I can't I. I really like what I've seen from Sam Darnold. I really don't like what I've seen from Marcus Mariota. It seems like he is regressing, you know, like he's he's not progressing at all. It seems like he's getting worse each passing year. And so I, I've got legitimate concerns about Mariota moving forward, whereas Sam Darnold, I think, is going to continue to get better. I think we're seeing him at his worst right now where he's still learning this offense and he's still growing into uh, being the the, you know, the quarterback he's going to be. Um, but the rest of this, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Ronald Jones than Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, I, look, he looked really good last week. I'm not going to take anything away from Marlon Mack last week, but I still have no confidence that he's going to be used as an every down back or he's going to be used enough to be fantasy relevant every game throughout this season. And I, I don't know that he's the long-term answer in Indy. Um, I, I, now, you can say the same thing with Ronald Jones. However, I, I you know, draft capital is a thing, Travis, so... Um, the fact that they they provide they, you know use some draft capital on Ronald Jones and they're going to see what they have in them. I I personally am higher on Ronald Jones than Marlon Mack, so I'm I'm kind of at a stalemate with this. The second round pick makes me lean towards the Darnold side. So as much as I hate to do it, I think I'm going to agree with Travis and I think I'm going to take that Sam Darnold side, even though I'm hesitant to. But boy, I just I can't buy Mariota right now. Yeah. So okay. So Ronald Jones, Marlon Mack. That's essentially a wash 
as much as I hate to say it. Because, I, I mean, I think you're right. Marlon Mack hasn't necessarily established himself as in any kind of role with Indianapolis at this point. And they might be buyers in free agency. But, I mean, we just haven't seen anything from Ronald Jones to this point that makes us think that he's any better of a dynasty asset than Marlon Mack. So let's just call those two a wash. For me, Marcus Mariota is a buy-low candidate. You shouldn't have to give Sam Darnold to get Marcus Mariota, much less, you know, tack on an extra round of a rookie pick, you know, update, upgrade a rookie pick from a third to a second. You shouldn't have to do that to get Marcus Mariota. So the fact that there's so much extra value on the Darnold side, I'm going to stick with Sam Darnold as well. Wow, a clean sweep, guys. That's the first one we've had. Nice. Doesn't happen often, but we found one. I think we all agree, though, it's mainly because none of us want Ronald Jones. (laughs) You just had to ruin this. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even. Anyways, all right. Can I change my mind? Can I take the other (laughs) side just just because? Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more for you. And this is from Joel Sebesta. He tagged Travis, or he DM Travis, at Travis NFL. Stefan Diggs. For Carrion Johnson and Cortland Sutton, it's half PPR dynasty. Yeah, I'm I'm jumping aboard the two rookies, man. Carrion Johnson and Cortland Sutton. I like both these players. Yeah. I do Carrion to me. I I really liked Carrion even coming out of Auburn. I, I I liked him when he landed on Detroit. I was hesitant just because the Detroit Lions just don't have the best luck of, you know, when it comes to running backs. It's Barry Sanders. I mean, they just haven't had anyone that's been very good. Um, they haven't always used their running backs well, so I was hesitant. But, man, the more I see carry on and the more it seems like Matt Patricia wants to use him, the the more I'm buying him. Uh, and Cortland Sutton I love. I, I think next year Cortland Sutton is going to bust out because, it, it, I, you, John, I know you said it, one of the two, if not both, of Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas will not be back next year. And that's just going to open opportunity for Cortland Sutton, and I think he's ready for it. He will. He looks the part. I mean, when he gets even in limited opportunities, he looks like he knows what he's doing and he belongs on that field. So I, I'm going to buy both those guys. And Diggs, I like Diggs, but let's let's face it. Right now, he is a clear-cut number two wide receiver in Minnesota, and I don't know that that changes anytime soon. Corwin Sutton may end up being the number one next year in that offense. So I'm I'm buying the, the carry-on Sutton side pretty heavily here. I am as well, and uh, you said it. You said everything pretty well there, James. Hey, thanks, I love, man. I love what I've seen from Cortland Sutton so far. Carryon Johnson is awesome. Diggs is awesome too. I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to sell Diggs, uh, especially when you know considering his upside. But yeah, I'm I'm going Carryon and Sutton there. What about you, John? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm that still That was a on... leading question. No, no. <laughs> Clean sweep, right, John? Uh, we can't we can't sweep this one because I'm still on the Diggs side. So, I mean, right now we're valuing Diggs as if Adam Thielen is going to continue to catch, go for 100 yards and a touchdown every single game from now until eternity. It's going to happen forever. That's not the case. <laughs> Definitely not the case. Stephon Diggs is... is I mean, more the more athletic of the two, certainly. And I mean, you're just you're going to get matchups where Stephon Diggs is just going to be the better option, better option than Adam Thielen. It's in an elite offense, and I mean, you're just going to see this even out a little bit for one thing, which makes Stephon Diggs a borderline wide receiver one in dynasty. He's not quite there, but he's awfully close. He's top fifteen, and. Cortland Sutton looks awesome, but I mean, it, we we have no idea what his upside looks like. And my biggest issue with with that side of it is Carryon Johnson and the fact that they're still giving goal line carries to Legarrette Blunt, a guy who shouldn't even be in the league, much less getting goal line carries and vulturing touchdowns from Carryon Johnson. He's getting way too much work. Theo Riddick, when he's healthy, he he gets in the way. And I mean, this is this was a Jim Bob Cooter 
thing all along and now you throw in matt patricia in the stupid patriot way which you know where you where you use whatever running back the first running back that you see or you play eeny meeny miny mo or whatever that's between the two of them they just have a horrible philosophy on using running backs but they're both in lockstep with one another i as much as i love carry on johnson's talent i hate his situation John, let's let's call this what it is. This is John Hogue, the closet Viking fan, coming out and, and telling us how Damn much it. telling us how much Got him. Stephon Big Am I and that yeah, transparent? I, no, I, I just know you pretty well. And they call me the brain for a reason. So I was able to to notate fluctuations in your voice when you were talking about the Vikings, slight upticks in uh, in your tone. Yeah, you could that tell my away. blood pressure was was rising a little bit. My my breath was getting a little more shallow while I'm talking about Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. dead giveaway. My palms get sweaty. and it, Yeah, no, I'm definitely not a, not a Vikings apologist, but I have a really hard time ignoring what Stefan Diggs has been uh, the last couple seasons, and uh, I... I just think that he's getting a little too overshadowed by what Adam Thielen is doing right now, which is not sustainable. I think ultimately, like I said, this is going to balance out and you know, those guys are going to be one, a one B instead of just a clear cut. Adam Thielen is the top option. And, and like I said, I mean, part of that is they, they, they play two separate positions. It's not there. They're not interchangeable the way some of these other, these other wide receiver tandems are. I mean, Adam Thielen is just the slot guy, and Stephon Diggs is just the outside guy. Sometimes the matchup works out better for the slot guy. And, it, you know, not to take anything away from Adam Thielen, but I just think that there are going to be game scripts that favor Stephon Diggs going forward, and it's going to be a lot more balanced than what it has been so far. Yeah, man, I mean, that's that's well, fair enough, but you're wrong. <laughs> i was just gonna say the same thing yeah I know. <laughs> yeah right whatever <laughs> whatever i don't care i don't care when that's the best argument we have is oh that that's fair but you're wrong you heard, like, heard you really can't argue feelings. <laughs> i don't know why we're even doing this why did i even agree to to do a a trade poll show, trade analysis show. But we're going to do that every week. So <laughs> so send us your trades. Send us your questions. Again, you can send them to, to James. He's at underscore James the Brain. Travis is at Travis NFL. I'm at Superflex Dude. And above all else, send them to the show itself at Superflex Show. Between the four of us, we'll definitely get to them. And uh, we can get you some answers on Twitter and then sometimes even bring them here on the show and analyze them further. But with that, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And we're going to ask you for a quick favor to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review as well. Uh, Those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to new listeners, and uh, really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the Mega Feed, and get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. Uh, keep up with the Superflex Super Show and all those other podcasts as well. And check out Travis's solo podcast, the Travis NFL Fantasy Football Show, three times a week, 30 minutes or less, and he's prepping you for each, each week of the season in uh, manageable bites. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Good luck in week eight. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Bye. You being an apple? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. I hear they give you sustained energy. (laughs) Never told you that. (laughs) I... (laughs) Whoever told you that's never had heroin. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
has had to sell the rest of mine to be able to pay this internet bill. Uh, you're gonna say to be able to buy that <laughs> apple. Yeah, that would, that would suck. Economic economic barometers a little bit off. Yeah. <laughs> trading refined one fancy yeah is that a golden delicious <laughs> no this is a uh pink lady oh you got ripped off then man <laughs> i'll be eating the pink lady today <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a whole lot better i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i actually heard good things about the pink lady <laughs> they're good dude yeah i all all of the pink apples are the only ones that i'll eat like gala fuji yeah. jazz honey crisp all those yeah you you know your apples yeah man the green you ones mean, are you bullshit don't even the red ones huh i hate the red ones they're yeah, such bullshit <laughs> i've never heard such a strong take about about apples <laughs> yeah. they call themselves red delicious and they're anything but yeah they were they're like definitely the red original, but... that is like... false advertising yeah <laughs> i think james just likes the the sexual pun that pink ladies brings to conversations i i actually like the fact <laughs> more the fact that john just knew his shit when came to <laughs> like, like, got such a strong opinion on something like that he, yeah that's that he was just apples yeah i'm like you didn't disappoint with the takes you were just like you knew you knew like this guy's not just talking out of his ass he knows his apples <laughs> i think through it a lot something that just kind of happens to most people just gonna have an apple in their hand and have no idea what kind it is or anything. Alright, well, here we go. <laughs> While John is like working on pulls, he's thinking about like what kind of apple he's gonna have afterwards. Like, well, bonus <laughs> this apple. <laughs> it's a little less tart, but this apple, and the sweetness just a little too high sometimes. I don't know what I'm in the mood for. If we take on the pills, we will see.